guys. Welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is Pat O. Pat O. You're still you're still alive. You're still I'm kicking. still alive. I'm still here. I, I don't. I'm not sure. We'll be doing the show for another twenty years, and I'll be like, "Well, he's still here, guys." <laughs> like, when is it acceptable to stop asking how you're doing? And everybody, uh, I think it? this week we can stop talking. I mean, I, there'll be little updates along the way because there's still going to be sure. monumental life shit. But I mean, yeah, I think I think we fucked this one into the dirt. I think the the pedo open heart storyline is kind of like is slowly winding down. Sure. You know? Okay. Well, all right. that's that's great news. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the fine new shit to talk about uh like this weekend i uh i started driving for the first time so of course the first wow. thing I did, first thing i did was take my kid to the movies to see spider-man 3 which oh. uh of course everyone knows is awesome i'm not even gonna sit here and like try to sing its its praises but uh it was a it was a very enjoyable time however something interesting that happened that i did want to discuss on the show uh we get to the theater and we find out that we can't go in without presenting our vaccination cards. So uh, I had mine on me. Well, I didn't actually have mine on me. I had a picture of mine on my cell phone. Sure. But my, my son had just gotten vaccinated like recently and none of us thought to take a picture of it. So we had to go back home, get his, and then turn around and come back and catch a later show. Uh, which is kind of weird. Like we're in that phase of this. We're in the phase of the COVID stuff now. We're like, you gotta present papers. And yeah. um, I have a I have a friend, similar situation. I have a friend who uh very good friend of mine, and um she did not get vaccinated. She's a little goofy, but I love her. And uh she had a guy ask her out on a date, uh, and she had to tell him that you know, yeah, but you can't take me to a restaurant because I'm not vaccinated. So I can't go out to eat in a restaurant in Illinois. And um, I think she might've just been using it as an excuse to go straight to the dude's house though, if I know her, oh. but uh, you know, it's kind of weird that that's, that's where we're at now with this whole thing. You know what I mean? Like um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like we're, I mean, they're making a show the papers, like that's something that people were kind of squawking about and you know, I mean, like, are, they, are they making you show your papers at, at the restaurants? I mean, so I haven't, I haven't had the restaurant thing happen, but I can confirm at AMC in Illinois. Right. Uh, yes, you can. You are not allowed in the movie theater unless you present your vaccination card. So, um, I mean, I, I, I think that that's that's worthy of pause and reflection. That is interesting. Um, I mean, I haven't, you know, I've been to a couple of of events, you know, since the vaccine has been available and um, I I haven't had to show proof of vaccination yet. I'm Uh, sure it's state by state. You know what I mean? And I I think Ohio, nothing again. I mean, you know where the fuck you live. Like, I'm sure Ohio probably won't be as quick on that bandwagon as say like New York, Illinois, California, shit like that. Um, but I think that it's something that might be coming or maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it will be state by state specific, you know? I mean, I've heard of isolated events. Some of my friends have, have done events. Um, there was one event that I couldn't go to because it you had to show your, you know, that you were fully vaccinated. And um, when I got vaccinated, I did it the Canadian route. I, I didn't do it uh, the way that they recommend. They recommend like, what, six weeks in between your, your first vaccine and your second? Um, and I waited, uh, gosh, a long time, six, seven months before. Really? 
Yeah, because that's how the rest of the world is doing it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, mine was like three weeks. Mine wasn't because, even six weeks. Because I know, well, maybe it is like three weeks, but like I know the way that it works and like, you know, your, your, ant, your antibodies disappear over time. So it doesn't make sense for you to go and just get back to back to back shots. I mean, could you do that? Yeah, you can. But like, it doesn't make sense to do that. You might as well wait the six month period it's like when you when you are infected with covid then it's like a three to six month period before you know you you are at risk of getting it again mm. that's that's kind of the same deal but you need to think about it in in way of vaccines like i haven't had my first booster because i just got my second shot in december yeah my 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 heart surgery stuff fucked with me getting my booster i haven't gotten mine yet either they didn't want me to do it but prior to the surgery and now that i'm out they're like eh, just give it some time you know which puts me in a precarious situation because, like, it's fucking everywhere here in Illinois. Right. Um, my 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 son's home for the week because it's it. He had two outbreaks in his classroom. Um, my wife, there's been plenty of people at her work that have gotten it multiple times and shit like that. My buddy got it. His whole family had it. Um, and everyone seems to be bouncing back pretty quick. You know, that's the the um the omicron omicron. Omicron. Uh, Omicron. Yeah, it seems to be, be way more contagious, like it's spreading Omicron. faster, but it doesn't seem to be as debilitating as some of the previous ones. It, yeah, that's know. correct. <laughs> and, you know, but that doesn't it, mean, just because there's a new variant out there doesn't mean that the old variants go away. Right. It's not that they're they're not out there. It's just that <clears throat> these are the ones that are, are spreading throughout the community. And it's also, it just depends on what community you're in of where it's spreading and you know but anyway um yeah i mean this this new the the omicron or excuse me omicron or whatever the fuck it's called um that one is very 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 contagious but not necessarily very very deadly but then again the measure of what's deadly and what's not isn't up to you to decide as an individual because it depends on the individual's health needs right and right. so, you know, that's where the danger kind of comes in. And then, of course, the, the the quicker it spreads, the more it's able to spread, the more it's able to mutate, and then we get something different. Um, you know, so that's also a risk. And that's more of like a long-term thing that we have to think about. Um, but, yeah, anyway, it, it is getting bad again. You know, I am curious about uh, future events. Um, I just got booked for my second event of 2022. Really? I, I did. And um, I can't share too much about it yet, but I know that it's going to be March 12th in Erie, Pennsylvania. Okay. So well, that should be, be, I mean, Google more- March 12th, Erie, Pennsylvania people, and I'm sure you'll fucking connect the dots or something. But <laughs> not, to, not to tell people how to cheat on that one. but <laughs> Sure. Figure it out. <laughs> Um, yeah. you know, well, it's not out there yet at all, so that's okay. Um, it's actually, I'm kind of going to be a big, big part of this event, so that's really cool. But anyway, okay. I'll talk about that later. Um, you know, but, but, you know, we've got the thing coming up January 29th, you know, in, in Marietta, Ohio, Ohio, and, um, you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know where that all is going to stand because right now, um, uh, we are numbers wise, we're worse off in the pandemic than we have been, yeah. at least here you know in ohio we are i don't know about the rest of the country but i'm pretty sure that's probably about the same well chicago Um, public schools are on strike they're not they're not going into school right now the teachers are uh um refusing to teach and the cities and and refusing to do remote learning and they have a little bit of a standoff and that's something that we yeah we we didn't really see since the beginning of all this yeah we're starting to see it again now 
So um, it it just, you know, not to get too much into the politics, but I guess I just felt like, you know, if we're really moving towards the the point in all this where you're going to have to show your vaccination card to do things in a public space, you know, not necessarily public, but like go to the movies, go to a restaurant, et cetera. Um, I feel like that's going to create a lot of division and that is going to ratchet the, the tension up here. You know what I mean? Because as it stands right now, you know, if someone's vaccinated, well, I guess not because now you need, you know, where I live with the paperwork, but like someone like you, who's like in a, in a state that's not enforcing that yet or doing that yet, you know, if, if, if you are vaccinated and the person next to you at Wendy's isn't vaccinated, it's no big deal. You don't know their business. They don't know yours. You're going to go about your business and you're going to have maybe five minutes worth of potential interaction and that's it but now with everyone being vaccinated people that aren't it's like i just feel like it's putting the non-vaccinated people into this pariah category and i don't know i feel like that's that's dangerous i feel like it's gonna radicalize people you know what i mean probably i mean it already has obviously um yeah you know know, but they've been able to just bitch because like it hasn't really affected them too much they can still go to 7-eleven and get their fucking bush light you know what i mean but now you're going to take that away from them too and that's where i feel like this could really all start to fucking spiral out of control um maybe maybe i'm just wrong maybe i'm being too sensitive about this stuff i certainly like i said i'm vaccinated i had no problem even making a trip back home and catching a later show to to prove that me and my son are vaccinated so we could go see spider-man i didn't cause a big scene i didn't yell at the clerk or anything like that you know i was like all right whatever and i was i was very cool with it but i know not everyone's like that and i know the 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 script that these people read off of and i i I just i i sense that this is going to be a fucking problem you know and you heard it here first i'm prophesizing <laughs> i mean like i said i i've seen it locally but maybe that's because um i mean we're we're, we're pretty we're, we're a swing state right but right now we have a republican um you know our, our governor is, is a republican and uh, you know silly is it okay it's not silly to say let's just be perfectly honest here most people that aren't vaccinated you know are republican people and most people that are democratic people which there shouldn't be a correlation there but somehow there is um you know i'm very much pro vaccination um you know and and i think that the people that aren't um and i don't want to single anybody out that listens to the show but to be honest with you the people that aren't i think just don't understand how it all works and i don't hate you for it you know i'll be the first one to say that I, i i try not to hate people um, but I can tell you, I've definitely taken a big break from just reading anything about any of the COVID stuff because um, it has really made me very sad and has really made me open my eyes up to, you know, just how uneducated people can be on a topic. Even though you might feel like you know things about stuff, it's very clear that you guys don't know things about stuff sometimes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I understand where your emotions come into play. I do. I get it. Um, you know, but the facts are the facts. You know, as somebody that, that has a career in fringe sciences, the facts are the facts, you know? I mean, <laughs> I don't know, you know, what to tell you about it. And, uh, you know, as far as, as 
having to show your papers and stuff. I guess let me reiterate, I don't really go anywhere. Um, I never, you know, I go to the grocery store and that's about it. If I go hang out with people, I'm at their house. Like, so I don't know what the movie theaters are like. I mean, I might, I might go, I'm not, you know, I'm going to go watch Scream. I'm not going to watch it this weekend though. Um, so if I go the weekend after and, and I need my card, I mean, I'll have it on me. It's not a big deal. I got my shot. Um, you know, so I, I don't know if people are requiring it. I have been to a couple of restaurants, but not very many. Um, because I understand that we're still very much in a pandemic and regardless of me being vaccinated or not, I'm still, um, you know, uh, immunocompromised. So, um, I still don't want to drown to death, you know, and and even that it's flu season. Flu is going around really bad right now as well. Um, you know, and I know this because I have family that works in the medical field that actually does these tests you know flu and covid and strep and all of them and uh you know flu is 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 just as deadly to me as covid is and they're both very fucking deadly to somebody like me and so therefore i don't want either of them so during the winter months i don't go anywhere so i don't know i don't know what the state of the world is like right now um because i've just kind of been ignoring it and uh you know i feel like uh that helps i mean i'm doing i, I wear my mask i've oh this whole time didn't matter when i got my shot when we lifted the mask man i've worn my mask the whole time the only times that i haven't is when i've gone to these events and that's it which probably i should be wearing my mask but other than that you are just a fragile little red-haired pizza puff that needs to be cuddled yeah i am <laughs> you know wrap you up in a <laughs> i am a warm I am. towel yeah and if you <laughs> and if you if you can't if you can't cuddle me in real life in person you could do so by sending me your money and i will cuddle with it and i'll even take pictures of it Um. (laughs) but no yeah i am um you know i'm just i'm having a hard time right now so i don't just that's the least of my worries at the moment is this pandemic that's been going on for two years people aren't going to get it the people that don't want to get it aren't going to get it and what i mean is that they're not going to understand because they don't want to and that's you know what that is your right to do i disagree with you um but i i still love you and i wish you the best so (laughs) there's my soapbox about it all fair (laughs) enough i don't want anything i don't want you to get it or anything i'm not like i wish these people died of COVID. no i'm not that person um i understand that you are a very emotional person and you are entitled to your opinion even if your opinion is wrong it's okay um but that's my piece about it so that's what i got um anyway uh anything else you want to share before i get into this news oh jeez. <laughs> no i'll go to a fun one i'll do the fun <laughs> ones you. i'll do the fun ones um okay so um this lady <clears throat> named kitten k sarah she's officially the first person to marry a color which color did she pick pink all right she got married to the color pink uh she had a vegas they had a vegas wedding you know she was she had her uh you know beautiful pink uh wedding dress and whatnot um she said that the idea came to her about two years ago when a kid on the skateboard was like geez you really like the color pink don't you and she was like yeah so the kid said can you guess what the kid said why don't you marry it yeah and she said this is what her thought process was well he's on to something so she decided to get married to the color pink and now her and pink i guess will have a very happy life um you know when kind of when kind of asked about it further she just said i mean she was quoted as saying you know she said have fun with it have a ball you're only here for a little bit of time have a blast 
Um, so I did a little bit of digging uh, more into this, the, the, into this lady. I came across the story from NPR, actually. Wow. And, um, you know, and I thought that it was weird enough to share on the show because it is strange. I think it's weird when people marry inanimate objects um i think that you probably shouldn't be allowed to marry anything unless it can explicitly give consent um but you know that's just me sure Um, but you know after digging into her a little bit more it seems like she's making some type of movie and she was mentioning that like the some parts of film the filming of her wedding is going to be in this movie so i think it's just a, a marketing thing um you know some type of publicity stunt to raise awareness to who she is and and what she does so um, but good for her. I mean, that's a good way to get people's attention. You know, come across as a crazy lady that marries ideas instead of people. That's okay. You can do what you would do. Like she says, have a blast. So there's my opinion. Pat, any thoughts on the on the crazy pink lady? I am not wasting a single iota of energy disapproving or being angry <laughs> at anyone about anything in okay. the next in this next phase of my life. Perfect. I I, I God bless you. And, I mean, that's uh, what I say, right? She's not hurting anybody, so who cares? It's strange. Who fucking cares? I mean, you know, it's it's weird, but uh, and that's what we talk about here. But I I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't hate her for it. Good for her. Right. She, she found true love. I, I think you know. I think my I I have a I have I get more of a I get more of a rise watching the people that like lose their shit about this. Like this doesn't bother me. But it doesn't bring me, like, I don't feel, like, liberated or anything. I feel like somebody's making a statement that I don't quite understand, and that's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like over, it's like overhearing a conversation in Spanish. Well, actually, I speak Spanish. That's a bad example. German or something. But I, I, I think that the people that are going to, like, like, I would enjoy reading the comments on this if I came across this article on the internet just because of all the crazy, like, like uh, <laughs> right-wing people that would like lose their shit that someone was able to do this and how yeah. it destroys the fucking sanctity of marriage or whatever oh, yeah. like that i that i would take enjoyment in reading and and kind of watching spectating their outrage but as far as my relationship with this like yeah whatever yeah you know. pretty much that's i mean that's how i feel about it pretty cool good for her she's living her best life and you know what if that's what makes her happy then that's what makes her happy it's right. it's okay and pink's not um, a bad color so pink's yeah pink's all right so you that's picked a good one good for her. um a company called potion <sighs> is their name um they are trying to f- figure out and bottle and sell the smell of happiness so you know whenever you feel um happy or you know anything any emotion it's, it's a chemical reaction and so they want to create a product that chemically reacts to your brain so you can sniff it and you instantly get a shot of happy. Clinique already did that in the 90s. Did they? Yeah, there was a uh, uh, a uh, perfume called Happy. And uh, a what lot of the it? girls that I used to fool around with would wear it. And whenever I smell it, it makes me think of happier times. <laughs> when it was socially acceptable to bang 16-year-olds. <laughs> makes oh me think of 16-year-old God. cleavage. Yeah. Don't say this. <laughs> what? It was, back then it was fine. I'm talking about doing it now. <laughs> well, now it's not. Okay, good. That's no, it's not. It's not. It's not cool anymore. But back then Don't it was. It. <laughs> but back when it was cool, they all right. were happy. Um, yeah. No, it is kind of. I found it interesting because, like, one little like factoid that I know about is that like you can actually get the same effect by smelling oranges. Um, oranges are scientifically proven to automatically boost your mood. 
So Makes if you sense. are feeling sad, right, if you are, I mean, there's some type of bullshit science behind it, but, you know, legit, no, it's real. Um, if you're feeling sad, um, go smell you some orange. Um, also chocolate, eating chocolate, supposedly, which I think is bullshit. I've eaten so much chocolate while sad and it doesn't, I guess I'm glad I have chocolate, but like, I don't know. But that's why people mm. get addicted to things like that. Or say, they say like chocolate's addictive is because it, you know, releases dopamine, um, which, you know, makes you feel good. Um, so, you know, there's that, but I, I don't know, you know, we'll see. I'm not going to buy this happiness in a bottle, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. We've all hit points in our life where, um, you know, we're willing to try anything. So let's just see how low it gets first and then I'll decide <laughs> if I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'll definitely, I'll definitely vouch for Clinique Happy, but we'll we'll see about this. The jury, the jury's still out. Or CK One recommends. You ever wear CK One? Are you familiar with that, or is that before your time? I'm familiar with CK One, but CK One was the other big one. That's what all the senior year hoes were. Wow! Oh wow! Good for Mm. you. Uh, We, uh, I don't think we had like maybe we did have like, uh, you know special smells that were a big thing i feel like by the time i you know i hit teenage years it was kind of just a free-for-all there was so much available to us i don't know um but that was interesting so a couple little fun silly stories um now we're gonna talk about this other thing that happened on december 30th um that a lot of people are talking about um and pat you might have actually you probably have come across this because it's been a hot story um a couple guys working at the uh chicago O'Hare airport four of them as a matter of fact um allegedly saw mothman well as a matter of fact they saw mothmen and maybe moth ladies i don't know um Mm. one person came forward and said listen there was a group of us we work at the airport we were outside doing our outside airport job or whatever and we saw these three you know black winged figures um just kind of hanging around they were so it was nighttime outside but they were so black that you could see you could see them because of how dark they were compared to the you know the background of just the sky and whatnot and um you know they had these these you know glowing red eyes and you know they all took off well apparently they were all standing around and um the people the workers watching these things were taking video and while they were taking video they said that a security guard came out ran out at them and like demanded them to immediately stop filming and put away their phones and then within about 10 minutes they were kind of whisked away by uh some higher ups and they said listen you are going to delete these videos and you're never going to talk about it ever again um or we're going to fire you and they were like oh so supposedly allegedly rather uh you know they all deleted the video and um you know they said that what they were told about it um was that this was a matter of internal security and that it superseded the authority of the union, which are all union workers there. Um, the guy that's come forward said that he has spoken with the union to try to figure out if this was legal or, you know, if what the grounds are for that. Um, and then they still have continual check-ins from their their higher-ups who continue to be like, oh, you haven't told anybody yet, have you? Don't, yeah, don't do that or we'll fire you. And um, other people have allegedly lost their jobs for coming forward and admitting to having these Mothman sightings and telling people about it. Um, so weird kind of cover up. Now, this was reported via UFO Clearinghouse. Um, and the person that runs it is kind of the um, the person that tends to seems to get all of, all of the reports about the Chicago O'Hare sightings. And... Um, you know which is interesting because he's got like intel he says this person checks out so it's a very credible source 
um, you know, to the best of their knowledge. But I got some problems here. I got some problems here. Pat, why don't you go ahead and share your, your side of it? <clears throat> uh, I feel like I should be more active in this. I mean, it's like right in my backyard. <laughs> I know, you're right there. I know so many people that work at O'Hare, too, in the different in different capacities that, like, I feel like this is – if anything, this motivated me to maybe be a little bit more of a, uh, I should really look into this. I need you to question this for me. Yeah. That's, yeah I mean, why have you not done these this people yet? specifically? Cause there's, there's, there's tinges and bullshit about what they're saying. But, uh, cause first of all, obviously they have not kept their mouth shut because we're talking about this fucking story. So like, hello, higher ups, the three men that you accosted and had delete exactly. their cell phone videos on December 30th have obviously, obviously gone public with their fucking story. So, you know, right. way to way to fuck that one up. Um, you know, the, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of to kind of digest here. Um, and I think number one is that uh, you know I know you're doing the you're doing the Mothman thing, and uh, I I really do need to talk to a lot of people that I know that work at O'Hare about this stuff and see how wide because I know that I know on our side as people that read like the paranormal press how prevalent this stuff is but for your average baggage handler or for your average maintenance engineer what is their perception of these events right as it's talked about internally amongst the employees forget about the people that go yeah. to you know these websites and make these reports what are what are they just seeing in the break room between you know second shift and third shift you know what i mean like what are the guys saying and uh, and I know that it was kind of sexist to me to phrase it like that, but you know what the fuck I'm saying. So <laughs> I think I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little bit of digging on my end because that would be very easy to do. That would just be a handful of text messages. Yeah, I, I could really get some. I could I could have some conversations with people. I mean, just I wouldn't even come in hot. I'd just be like, hey, what about this Mothman shit going no, on? No, exactly. Because there's people. I, trust me, I, I I I know somebody that works there very well that would that would tell me everything she knew. And as little or as much as there is to it, you know what I mean? Like, right. like that. Well, um, and, and you're right about that. I mean, how many, if there, okay, let's just say there are, let's say Mothman is hanging out down by the airport, right? And well, he is, you know, people are seeing him and these sightings are legitimate. Sorry, my cat's coughing. He's, he'll be done shortly, I guess. Anyway, um, if <laughs> let's just say that they're real. Um, how many of them are going underreported because who, nobody knows where to report these things to because they're not investigators they're not already into the stuff you know they don't know where to go and who to talk to about it um i would be curious about that figure but as far as this story by itself goes i, I have a lot of issues with it i mean like I you said, too there's enough identifying factors for secure you know the, the supervisors to be like okay so you fucking squealed and told your story well i think the emergence of the supervisors too kind of um kind of draws a line about whether or not this is paranormal or um or something else or like or like secret science or something because for for the supervisors to leap into action immediately like that that to me says that there might have been some kind of uh government project or or operation or something that was going on and or just or just top secret you know what i mean like and they knew and, right they know that this is going on right and that you know these people kind of were in the wrong place at the wrong time and um that they witnessed it and you know because if it was if it was like an actual like mothman like the supernatural being like 
how the fuck did the supervisors know about it? Did Mothman super, you know what I mean? Like, Mothman's were they like, don't let them tell people about me. <laughs> were they all looking out the same window? Like that, yeah. that to me is more confusing and raises more questions. And, and right. which, Hey, some, 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 if you want the answer, sometimes you got to ask a lot and more questions. Three of them, you know, three of them. There's a guy that goes around telling people, you know what? There's this guy who tells these terrible fake stories online. And a lot of people here that listen to the show probably listen to a show, but like allegedly had a story of like this old military personnel. And like the guy tells stories about like how he, he fought off like, I don't know, 20 dog men or something with just like a pocket knife or some shit. Like that's not real. That didn't happen. So right. when you tell me that you saw three mothmen, that probably didn't happen <laughs> for one i'm not saying that it's impossible but it's just weird none of the other reports are like that um so why this one and then on top of that like you said how are they so on top of coming out rushing out and be like no stop this right and that because because their involvement their immediate response this kind of like throws out the window that it could have been uh, a misidentified biological entity, like a, the fucking big birds that that float around out there. And sure. Um, it means that it was. It means that it was something that, um, something secret, be it paranormal or military, that was known, and that was known to be operating in that in that area. I wonder who their. You know, I also wonder who their supervisors were. Like, was it, you know, was it some kind of fucking general, or was it like? you know the the shift supervisor for the baggage hand right or some shit, right you know I mean? like, exactly. oh, this guy knows this guy gets to know what the fuck is happening like right. he's making a dollar 25 more an hour you know what i mean <laughs> like he, he's been here six months longer than me um yeah well and then also you know that is motive i mean that is another thing i've thought of like why would they want to cover this up like and that doesn't make much sense now granted um we have had instances of the men in black visiting people that have seen the mothman but you know not always not every time which is weird so then like you could safely kind of say maybe okay well maybe the men in black only visits people that they know could really did have a sighting but like you know and maybe those ones are bullshit and that's why the men in black didn't get involved but like i saw the mothman and i've never been visited by a men in black and uh you know i i hope i, I hope it does happen i i wish they would come and threaten me um you know bring it on men in black i'm threatening you that's that's <laughs> telling you come to my house you know but what would the you know what would the motive be it's not like every single person that's ever seen the mothman has been silenced and then um you know and, and then on top of that okay so all this happens right and they rush in they go no delete that right now you don't like have a, a thought and go you know maybe i shouldn't i should just email this to somebody or myself or send it to somebody else real quick you know you don't think about that and also just because you delete a file off of a phone doesn't mean that it's gone forever because it's not you tell me out of all four of the people that had film of this thing not one of them has any type of backup or cloud services on their phone why don't you just take their phone too that's the other thing right that, well, just take the whole why, thing yeah. you know because that's, that's the, only sloppy. That the whole was, thing this whole like sense. yeah this whole plot line of this whole subplot of like you know, uh, supervisor response is just, is just very sloppy and kind of thrown together. I just texted, uh, somebody that works at O'Hare to ask if, if they'll, uh, Great. if they did want to talk about it, but, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, anything where you have this many stories come out of one location, I think there's some legit ones. I think there's some misidentified ones and I think there's some bullshit ones. 
you know. Well, the eerie, not the eerie thing about it, but the uh, sad part about it is that the person who was reporting this, again, has been the person who has been kind of dishing out all of these O'Hare airport sightings. So then, I, and now I've never met this guy. I've never talked to him. I'm not saying that he's a liar, but he's saying that this is a credible source. I mean, these people, they have the sighting and they go to the one fucking person, the one person who's pushing out all these Mothman reports from the Chicago O'Hare airport area. You know, so to me, it sounds like this guy's now in cahoots with the story. You know what I mean? So it sounds like he's lying. And, um, you know, so is he lying? So then does that mean we need to question the other reports from the airport? You know, I don't know how deep that rabbit hole goes. I mean, I'm not going to let one sighting that seems very unrealistic to, you know, cloud my judgment. Be like, okay, it's totally fake. Um, which we'll talk about in tonight's episode, really, a lot of. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, um, you know, at the same time, me as an investigator, as somebody who, you know, has specialty in the Mothman, um, you know, I wonder now, you know. So I would like to talk to this guy and I'm going to be reaching out to him, you know, for, as a, you know, one professional to another and uh, having some words. And, uh, you know, when you come, when you do come out here to do your Mothman investigations, I think that. It, it's kind of like I'm one of those people that compartmentalizes like what I'm what what's going on in my life. Like I don't think about things until I have to do them. I don't worry about the test until the day of. I don't worry about like the doctor's appointment until I'm sitting in the waiting room. You know what I mean? So I guess I haven't really put too much thought into the fact that you're doing this documentary and a big part of your documentary, which you've stated several times is going to involve you coming out here and doing all the Lake Michigan Mothman stuff. Um, you know. I, as someone that lives here, like I'm actually kind of starting to get excited about that because there's a lot, I know, I know a lot of the people in these areas and I know a lot of the O'Hare stuff I could definitely help out with. And, um, even some of the Lake Michigan stuff, like when they talk about the different areas, um, I know one of the things that Tobias has said is that he's, he's willing to dismiss some of the sightings as just local wildlife. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's something that I've had. Um, one of the areas that I used to work in has those giant, those giant birds with those creepy fucking eyes. You know, what I'm talking about they look like monsters. Sure, you mean owls? I, I don't know. No, I don't know if it's a sandhill crane. I don't know if that's it, but like, I don't okay. know, man. But fucking forget I said anything. It's <laughs> well, it could just be those giant birds. Yeah, I think that that I. I have a lot of faith that when it's your turn to investigate this stuff, that um, you're actually going to get to the bottom of this stuff. You'll get to the bottom of it. And then I can, I can definitely help with that. And we'll finally, if these stories are bullshit, we'll put an end to them. And well, if and like, I mean, look at that. I mean, the document, my document is not finished, right? It's an ongoing investigation. This is a prime example of why something like this takes so long is because this is a new development now within the, the, the investigation itself and within the documentary itself if i would have just finished it and i would have been in post already then i would have had to go back and fucking refilm because my theory would have changed and now granted it's never going to be perfect unless i do find the mothman somehow you know what i mean unless i actually do find him um you know it's never going to be done but this is kind of a big deal i mean now are like i said are all of the o'hare sightings bullshit i i don't know I'm going to try to figure that out. As far as I know, this guy who who does all this stuff, who I'm not, not going to say his name, um, but the guy who you know put compiles these sightings, he's local to the area. So I'm going to try to come talk to him when we come down there. But I want to mm -hmm. talk to him before that point because I'm just going to be level with him. Be like, listen, guy, if this is bullshit, I'm yeah. smelling it already. 
<laughs> you don't want to do this. <laughs> My dad oh, give me five minutes. Like, hey, what high school did you go to? What parish are you from? Where are you from? <laughs> Fucking, you're the you're the Mothman guy in Chicago. I'll vet him. Figure out who he, who he knows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you know? You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. But no. Um. Anyway, a lot of people keep asking about my opinion on this. Um. You know, I was gonna make a post about it, and then I remembered. Well, fuck! I do a weekly podcast. I'll just share it on there. So right. <laughs> there it is. There's my there's my hot take. Um. I think that the sighting is bullshit, and um. There's really nothing to it. It's interesting. Well, that's what I'm saying. The guy said the guy who's been compiling this stuff said that there have been other reports of people being threatened with their jobs and things like that. And I've not really heard anything like that which is well i'm looking at that too i mean that might be that might be the case yeah Um, i want to know i mean i know some people don't want to talk about this stuff at their regular jobs and and i understand that um you know because there is still a stigma behind these things um and you don't want to lose your credibility and, and that's an issue but like if you're just you know grabbing on people's packages at the airport i mean you really got much credibility to begin with and not knocking people that work at the airport or anything yeah like that, don't do that like, don't do that don't say that you know shit. but you're not but you're, but you're not you know a, a scientist in a, in a leading lab or you know what i mean like so i i don't know um you know may, but maybe you do maybe you listen to the show and you're in chicago and you, you saw the mothman and you work at the airport and you go to the airport every day or something and uh you're scared to lose your job um come talk to me privately i'm not going to spill your beans everywhere that's not what i'm here for um but you know if there's something to it let me know what what there is and why you as as the as the low man on the totem pole why they would be so afraid of letting you talk to people you know because i don't get that um but yeah i mean i'm just i'm curious so anyway there's that anything else you want to say about the recent chicago mothman nope okay no one asked my permission (laughs) (laughs) it's been done without my authorization i'm very upset about it (laughs) you know how i feel about people invading my city that's true Uh, you don't like uh, that um all right well (laughs) so uh you know i'm i'm excited i'm excited about tonight's episode i think that you guys will also be excited about tonight's episode because we're going to be talking about the loch ness monster Right. And now, Pat, this is one you wanted to talk talk about for a long time. Yeah, because it's it's really up there with Bigfoot as like the OG of cryptozoology. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's I think if if you talk to little kids and and you kind of well, maybe not. Maybe I'm just thinking about my own fucking weird childhood. But uh, it seems like the Lack of Monster is one of the first ones to kind of get on your radar. Uh, it's very benign. It's Nessie. It's uh, you know, and it's kind of for those reasons that I never had too much interest in it. It wasn't very sexy. There was no chance of it killing me or eating people or or, or, or kidnapping them and never bringing them back. Um, you know, I it was just a, a potential, you know, dinosaur that lived in a lake somewhere in Scotland. Like, you know, it was interesting to me as a kid, but it didn't really grab me. It's not something that I poured over. So I was more into aliens because there was, you know, a sense of danger there. So I felt that I had to read and I had to learn more to protect myself. Um, but, you know, Nessie's still here after all these years. And uh, I think that when you, one of the things that I learned from going into the, doing the research for this um, this week's episode is that there are a lot of interesting aspects to this story, you know, that maybe not a lot of people know of. But, um, you know, there's a lot that could be potentially learned here about, um, you know, the way that the earth was formed and, and, uh, 
things that um you know the i don't know i guess we get into the glaciers and and the, the you know that valley and how it connects to the sea and all that shit like that there's some interesting aspects of this story uh ex- especially if you you look at the first sighting too which has this weird religious angle to it which i didn't know about um and uh kind of the ties to saint patrick which of course i was named <laughs> after but uh were you yeah. <laughs> I was my due date was St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I was late. I came out on April Fool's Day, but <laughs> you're like, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> like, why, why am I trying to get out of here? I'm spending the rest of my life trying to get back in. Right. Fucking just, just <laughs> chill. Fucking jokes on you, buddy. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, you know, Nessie is, um, you know, one, one of one of the big ones. I agree, obviously. Um, Nessie's kind of one of those ones that um, gets, I, I agree with you, isn't very sexy, gets boring after a while, um, but it's very nostalgic for people that are into this type of stuff because, you know, it's most likely one it's of the first cryptids, right, that yeah. you've ever heard of. And, uh, you know, I know for me, that's what it was. My first, my first encounter, my, you know, my first, not encounter, but experience in this world was Patterson-Gimlin film, and my second was a surgeon's photograph. And, you know, again, little me couldn't believe my eyes that this thing was here and there's a picture of it and nobody believed it, Um, you know, and, uh, you know, from there, I mean, you know, I'll I'll say this, Nessie is, uh, between Bigfoot and Nessie, maybe we should do like a... um, like a like i guess a tier list i don't know or something like that of like the best cryptids you know i don't know but maybe we'll do that for like a patreon or something one day maybe i'll just do it just because um but nessie is probably um i like nessie more nessie's one of my favorites mm-hmm. um, i like lake monsters and uh you know things like that i like things in the ocean um you know those are i think we've i'm sure i've mentioned this many times before but yeah nessie's one of my favorites um because it's just so it's not it's really not that it's it's very bizarre but it's not that bizarre and uh the reason why it's not that bizarre is because they have um you know capitalized on it and (laughs) made it kind of this big touristy gimmicky thing um but scientifically speaking you know there's a lot of things that don't add up that do seem extremely credible um you know that goes against the grain of our natural science and kind of you know what what we believe so um yeah if you don't know nessie is allegedly a um giant creature in loch ness and uh she um most of the time is depicted as looking like a plesiosaur is kind of the general idea and uh it's been around for a long time pat like you said you know and it's not really that that is like the first sighting of it it's just that it's one of the first recorded sightings of it um you know you were talking about i think it was back in like the year 500 or some crazy shit like that Mm -hmm. 500 and something you know which who knows what the world was like then um and i think like some i don't even i don't remember the names and stuff maybe you put them down i don't know some guy allegedly got attacked by this beast in the water and uh the, well, you go ahead. You tell it because I'm just screwing it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Saint Columba. Thank so, um, yeah, there was a. Uh, it was the saint, and they were um, they were crossing the 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 the. So, lock means lake. Okay, so it's you know the lake Ness, right? And just right. for like a, a to wrap your head around it, uh, lock Ness is probably like it. Well. 
it is it's 26 263 billion cubic feet of water and lake michigan is 100 is like 1100,000 uh cubic no that's not right it's fucking big okay <laughs> it's very it's very very big it's a very fucking big lake all right and super big. Uh, yeah it's super big dude it's fucking huge and um man you just fucking dumped this on me i know let's We're do it no that's so fine so st columbus so st columbus yeah you can do it you can do it and uh they they were swimming in the river okay and um one of his followers went out to uh was like being like pulled down in the boat right or it was like being pulled down in the water and he sent another one of his followers out in a boat to um try to help him out and then he went down too yeah. so then Columbo went out and this was one of the miracles that he performed is that uh he went out on a boat to where these two men were being accosted by this creature in the in the in the water and he did the sign of the cross and said go no further do not touch the man go back at once and the creature stopped and fled and they were able to rescue the two people so this was like the first like uh the first like sighting of something going on in this in this lake right but this also is something that was that in the legends of St. Patrick, who who chased the snakes out of Ireland, this is also something that he supposedly did, uh, which is like chase out the water beasts that were inhabiting like the lakes and streams like around Ireland. English and like in and like uh United Kingdom folklore have like there's a lot of this shit about like these water horses. And and that's not necessarily what this is, and nobody confuses the two necessarily, but it's just like water beasts are more of a common thing than they are in the United States for them. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and we have bodies of water here. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that like, look at fucking Minnesota. It's the land of 10,000 lakes. Like, it's not that we don't have fresh water and bodies of water here in the United States, but it's just not as prevalent as it is in the UK. Maybe that's because it's an Island. Maybe it's because it's a, it's, it's a landmass formed by glaciers that fucking drop shit in the fucking water. Who knows? Right. But, um, you know, that area and those countries have a very rich tradition of uh, supernatural water beings. And Nessie, that that lake, Loch Ness, uh, that was the first uh, encounter, I guess, or, or, or incident attributed to that body of water. It was, well, it was the first recorded. I mean, and so, you know, that's like the, the first, um, you know, liter literally, literally? The first recorded literature um, was was that incident all the way back in 500. Okay, and so mm. and prior to that, there's way more to it. Um, you know, there's this. So this thing has basically been around forever. Now, granted, it's not always been described as looking like a plesiosaur. Um, you know, like Pat was mentioning, there's, you know, water spirits and things like that in Celtic religion. Yeah, there are, and they're called Kelpies. And Kelpies are more of a, um, like a horse-headed mermaid, like a horse mermaid thing. <laughs> and we actually have an example of that um, in North America uh, known as Caddy. That's Caborosaurus. And Caddy's uh, probably my favorite, um, but it's like a horse-headed serpent. And maybe one day we'll talk about Caddy, but 
you know that's not it so just because something is 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 called horse-headed didn't necessarily mean it was very literal either i mean it could have been this kind of long-necked you know with the with the big head i mean i could definitely see how they could describe a plesiosaurus having a horse head um but uh you know i don't know either way there's a lot of of history surrounding this thing but um Nessie, as we know it now, did not really get popular until the 1930s. And, you know, that is when things really boomed. Not that there wasn't sightings predating this, because there absolutely were, but we mm-hmm. didn't start calling it Nessie until the 1930s. And then, you know, popularizing it and making it what it is now. Um, and truth be told, that's more so what I'm, th- I'm not really good at, uh, at history being, you know, uh predating the 1900s to be perfectly honest with you that's what i have Anne for and um <laughs> that's what she, that's her job but um you know i am very familiar with the, with the more recent sightings um one of my favorite sightings and uh, i actually just posted because we just hit one of the anniversaries of one of these sightings a couple days ago and uh my favorite is when they people report this thing walking around you know on land and one of the first really big sightings um about this was with george spicer and apparently his wife um were driving down the road or something and this large creature just crosses the road in front of them and uh you know basically what they had described pretty much was a plesiosaur and um you know this story ended up getting really big um you know it it kind of it blew up and then there was also Arthur Grant, who that was the anniversary that we just had in 1934. He was a vet student who, you know, very similar experience. He was driving down the road and this thing crossed. It was kind of like trying to cross. It was like coming. It was like walking away from the lock. And then like it saw him and it turned back around and went back down. And he tried to like chase it. But when he got to the water, it was it was gone. It was already in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and he described it as looking like a cross between an otter and a plesiosaur. Um, now of course a lot of people think that well he just saw an otter but we're talking this thing is like 12 to 25 feet in length right you know and and this and the guy you know grant he again he's a he's a he's a veterinary student like he i'm sure he knows what otters look like (laughs) i don't know maybe that's just me um but you know in between that time we had the uh the hugh gray photo which a lot of people don't talk about um because it's kind of it's really written off as a hoax and that was i mean that was taken in 1933 and it's not a good picture i'm gonna tell you that right now it just looks like some steam coming off the water um you know and and i'll probably i probably shared some of these for you know marketing this episode or you know maybe i will later whatever um i make promises i can't keep all the time so um but But the Hugh Hugh Gray photo is like um, a lot of people believe that if you look at it, it's just a blurry picture, and you can see that it's actually a picture of a dog with a stick in its mouth. Matt, have you seen the the Hugh Gray picture? Yeah, and, of course. And, right and so when you and and that is what it looks like it looks like a dog at first glance you're like how the fuck does anybody see a dog in that but then when you actually look at it you're like oh okay i see it now now the the weird thing about it is that if you look at the dog and i asked you what type of dog that is you you could even name it you'd say that's a lab that's a labrador retriever well hugh was walking around the lock that day with his lab when he took this picture so that guy is probably full of shit and that's probably um not real but 
Um, then we had the emergence of the surgeon's photograph, which is, again, the famous picture. When you think of Nessie, that is the first image that pops into your head mm-hmm. is the surgeon's photograph. And um, this was taken by a, um, well, we found out later. Initially, when, when the guy took the pictures, he wanted to remain anonymous. And his identity got out, whatever. Um, it was taken by a, a vagina doctor. And uh, <laughs> for real, it's a gynecologist, um, Robert, uh, Robert Kenneth Wilson. And, um, you know, he says he was just down there at the lock one day. He saw it. He actually took four pictures, uh, two of which were basically useless. And then the other two ended up coming out. Now, let me tell you, I had a hell of a time. I, even though I've seen both of them, I had a really hard time finding the second picture. And uh, it, it is difficult to come across because if you look up surgeon's photograph or you even look up the guy's name and look up his picture, it's hard to find. Um, it was kind of, I believe it was lost for a long time. It was published once before and then people just didn't like it because it was blurry and the other one was clear. Um, but, you know, the surgeon's photograph was a big deal. He ended up selling it to uh, the Daily Mail. And, um, you know, then people have analyzed this over and over and over again. And basically, um, people have decided that the surgeon's photograph is a hoax and you know a lot of people are just like oh yeah that picture is not real it's a hoax um he took a, a toy boat and made a mold and and actually the story is is that it was a group of a whole nother group of guys that took a toy boat and put like a head mold on it and then took pictures of it in the water and you can tell this because in the actual photograph surgeon's photograph there's more to the picture and if you compare the size of the body of it compared to like what's up on shore um it doesn't match up and then they ended up giving the pictures to wilson who then took the pictures and sold them to a publication because he thought it was fun and funny and whatever um but what i can tell you definitively is that that story's never been proven nobody has ever come out and said we are the guys that did this Mm -hmm. for sure you know this is just kind of a maybe possibly might be um so when people automatically write off the surgeon's photograph as this big hoax we really don't know that um let's uh, but let's take a pause for a moment pat i'm sure you've seen surgeon's photograph you know i think i'm at the point where i don't (laughs) i you know i don't i don't obsess over individual pieces of evidence because, you know, at the end of the day, you look at the picture and, you know, you believe what you want to believe and someone else has an opinion and they can say that they can prove that the picture is fake. And then someone else is going to come in and say that it's not. I think what you have to do is you have to look at the overall narrative and say, does it make sense? And when I, when I look at the Nessie narrative, it makes sense to me. Okay. Um, Given the location of this body of water, Given its connection to the ocean, um, how how massive this body of water is, how it was formed, the fact that there's you know underground faults in that area, underground cave systems, um, it is entirely possible to me that there could be a creature of this size, prehistoric creature of this size, still living in that area, or a whole family of them, generations of them, whatever, right? So. You know, if you're going to pull a fucking random, and I don't mean to be flippant towards you, but I'm just saying in general, someone shows up with a picture and that picture ends up being bullshit. It doesn't change the fact that it's still entirely possible that somebody could live in that area. You're right. Right. I agree with that. You know, and, and because somebody, somebody, 
tries to disprove one of the pic some picture or some piece of evidence fifty years after the fact, that doesn't that doesn't reshape the whole narrative to me. You know what I mean? Well, we uh, will not. I mean, at this just like with the Patterson Gimlin film. Well, I mean, I guess Gimlin's you know he's still alive, so he could die and and on his deathbed confess or whatever. But with this, we, we will never know. We will never know if yeah. If and I think that you know up. if if when it comes down to it, there's creatures out there that will go through their whole entire life cycle and never have a picture taken of them. There are cryptids out there that, that will live and die and will never even know their names. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So the fact that there's, you know, so much evidence about this one in this one location and some of that evidence may one day be proven to be bullshit. You know, that doesn't tank the whole thing for me. Right. You know, I agree with that. I mean, and, and I see what you're saying. The sexy part of it for you is, is the possibilities because of the science to it. But the sexy part for a lot of people in these things, Pat, is the video evidence and picture evidence and, you know, things but like that. I think and you're hitching your wagon to the wrong. Right. But I think you're hitching your wagon to the wrong star when you do that, because that stuff. can, that. Yeah, that stuff can be disproven super easy and it Absolutely. can just be argued. It can be argued back sure. and forth ad nausea. To no end, to, mm -hmm. to to know. I think what you have to do is you have to look at what we do know and what and and what is what is true about that area, and the geography and the ecosystem there, and then think and then extrapolate what could be true. Listen to all these stories. Listen to all these. You know, look at all this smoke, and say, okay, is there enough? Is there enough for me to believe that there's a fire? Right. And. You know, I've come to the conclusion that I think there is, and uh, you know, right. I invite our listeners to make up your own mind. But okay, um, and then call us well, and tell us about it. Seven seven three five nine weird. <laughs> Let me get through the uh, the uh, self proclaimed sexy evidence, and then we'll get onto the real evidence. How about that? Sure, 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 sure. Almost sure. done. Oh, well, and you know, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of these instances, you guys, of, of these uh, purported pictures and videos. Lots of and pictures, SC. lots of films, lots, lots of stuff. Lots, yeah, lots. Most of the time, it's just a black spot in the water. All of the time, 100% can confirm that there is a black spot epidemic happening at Loch Ness because it is constant. So that is real. Um, <laughs> you can, you can, you can definitely believe in that. Um, but you know, that's basically. I mean, I think it is important though to note about the surgeon's photograph because there is a lot of misinformation out there about it. Um, it's not 100% been proven fake. It's not 100% been proven real. It is still up for grabs on whether or not you think you are allowed to believe that that's a, that's a real photograph, and nobody in the community should look at you differently for it because it has never been proven to be a hoax. So there's that. Um, but <clears throat> there's also a um, a lost piece of video footage from nessie which i thought was interesting um that was taken by a man uh known by go he went by ge taylor and he was actually a tourist um and he was there in 1938 and took a a really long piece of video footage um took the footage gave it to maurice uh burton who is a big nessie researcher you know really really popular if you really follow nessie stuff um and burton never showed it to anybody um, never showed anybody that evidence. He took one still from the video and published it in his his 1961 book, uh, The Elusive Monster, and that was it. The video is now lost forever, so there's some Nessie lost media. Um, but people are on the hunt trying to find it. Is it going to be the smoking gun? I'm going to tell you what it is. It's a black blob in, in, the, in Loch Ness. So, you know, if you want to, you know, waste your time looking for it, that's fine. Um, I guess it's just kind of a fun fact that it's out there. Um, but the first sonar reading 
um of evidence for nessie well hold on you know what i'll, I'll get into that and then we'll take that and lead into because i think that there's something to these sonars um I, I won't do that yet um this there was uh something called the densdale film that was taken in 1960 which a documentary done by the discovery channel known as loch ness Disco discovered that came out in 1993 um this piece of evidence again and you could watch the densdale film it is just a black spot but when the people analyzed it for the discovery uh, documentary allegedly um you know it, it made those video people um believers because they said that there was you know to the naked eye there was a shadow there that you couldn't see before which indicates that there's a body moving underneath that black blob which was massive um and therefore it, it really blew their mind now the 1993 that documentary was also the one who definitively said and got the word out there that the surgeon's photograph was fake so it's not like it was geared towards nessie is absolutely real it was pretty neutral on the fact and could have easily have said the same thing about the dinsdale footage but didn't even though it doesn't look as good as a surgeon's photograph um they're they're dead set that this is real actual proof of of nessie um but you know let's kind of like i said go back into more of the real stuff um the first sonar images of something anomalous happening in the lock um you know happened in it looks like this is 1954 and um a large object was keeping up pace with a boat for nearly 3,000 miles and it was it was um it was taking place it was about 400 feet deep down into the lock keeping up with the boat it didn't really say how big it was or anything like that um but that was kind of the first time we, we got some type of indication that well fuck maybe there is something in this lake um and, and then we have continued to get stories of these sonar imaging images um and things like that happening within the lock that don't really make much sense some people come out and say that it could possibly be algae but algae is not going to keep up with a boat like that so exactly you know that's not that's not a good you know that's the fucking weather balloon of of cryptids right there like it's not it's, it wasn't algae um so yeah so pat you really want to talk about kind of the demograph and and things like that seems like uh you you got some you got some facts there do you no, no. <laughs> absolutely no. not no yeah. no I, i'm just looking at a map and it's a big lake and uh the north part of the lake connects to the uh ocean yeah the well yeah it goes well, it's well different. the, it's the north sea and then yeah. Yeah. you know the north atlantic ocean and um there are fault lines underneath that whole area oh yeah uh, that go very deep and then can be seen from space and the lakes there are formed and this is something that just kind of fascinates me in general because it's the same way that the great lakes were formed here in the midwest but uh they're formed from glaciers moving down from antarctica uh that just melted and 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 kind of as they came down they like left like a a, a snail trail and formed <laughs> these lakes along the way and i yeah. always thought that was really neat especially if you've ever seen movies like the thing or read hp lovecraft stories where you know there's like monsters and and aliens buried in the ice this idea that like they could be like dragged down into the great lakes and then deposited or you know lock nets or whatever sure. um yeah i mean it's cool it's it, that to me is like now you're getting in stuff that i want to believe you know what i mean like that's right. cool like sci-fi like that's a narrative that's what i need i think is that you can you can have all these facts and you can have all these pictures but if you don't have a narrative you're not going to grab people 
And that's where I think like when I, when I shit on the whole, the, the modern day uh, ufology stuff is that there's no more coherent narrative. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just a bunch of people screaming out different shit and it, none of it makes sense. And there's no story there. And if there's not a story, if you can't sell me on the story, then what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? You're showing me some yeah. blurry footage and you're telling me to come up with my own fucking explanation. I don't want that. You know what I mean? I want a narrative. I want a story here. And, uh, the, the story about why there would be a Loch Ness monster, kind of like when we were talking about the moon landing next last week and we were like, yeah, there's evidence and there's the sea rock and there's this and there's Van Allen belts and all this shit. But <laughs> if you look at it, which is, I don't know if we want to get back into all that stuff. Again. Uh, in your black and your black and white picture. Oh God. Fucking October. 2019 on instagram whatever um that you know there there, there's the narrative makes sense for why we would fake the moon landing forget about the evidence for a second it it makes sense why we would do the story makes sense the story for the Loch Ness monster makes sense you know what i mean why how there could be something living there why it would live there undetected mostly undetected for so long um you know all that stuff makes sense for me so do i have a bunch of fucking facts no i botched the cubic feet thing I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to do that again. But <laughs> I, I I buy off on it. I believe it, and I'm considered the skeptic of this show. Okay. So well, and that's true. Um, yeah. You know that that's a good point. Um, you know, and and I obviously I agree with you there. Um, I think that you know a couple of things with these these cryptids needs to make sense. Like um, Nessie is a cryptid in the way that you know, um, not in the way that uh, like Mothman is a cryptid. I don't think Mothman's really a cryptid. You know, Nessie is a flesh and blood, an animal that we just haven't quite, you know, been able to to pinpoint and go, yes, this is real without a shadow shadow of a doubt. No bodies have have washed up, you know, and um, you know because of that, um, you know, it is it is very interesting. Now I've had a theory that. Um, Nessie leaves and then comes back, um, whether for breeding or who knows, who knows why this thing leaves and comes back. But, you know, I've, I've mentioned it before, we've talked about it before, because we, we had a lot of Nessie sightings in, in 2021. And, uh, you know, it, it almost was a record breaking year. Um, the sightings have continued to ramp up. Um, you know, why is that? And eventually, guess what? They're going to decline because Nessie sightings have done that for since there's been a Nessie <laughs> you know and it's what it seems to be anyway that there's a pattern that this thing goes up and it goes back down um, but like I said I remember back in like the early the late 2000s rather um, when you know there was a theory that that Nessie you know could have passed away and or was extinct when extinct wasn't around anymore because the sightings were just so few and far in between um, you know I, and then all of a sudden they started back up again and they started increasing and increasing every year from year to year and then now they're staying pretty steady um, you know Yes, um, lakes feed into the rivers that feed into the ocean. You know, that's just the way it is. So could this thing come in and out? Yes, it could. And we've got other evidence of things like this happening. It's not far-fetched. Um, you know, it's possible to find a shark in the river because they do end up in the rivers. You know, do they live very long? No, they don't. Um, you know, but they will use river systems to travel and get to where they need to go. We've, we've seen other animals do this. Um, but could something like Nessie, whatever it might be, um, you know, could it potentially live fine and thrive in fresh water and salt water sure why not we we wouldn't know until we catch it and we see it in action that it could or couldn't it's not impossible is what i'm saying um 
And that's my theory on it is that it has to leave. It has to be able to leave. But not just that. Again, uh, we talked about it. Loch Ness is big. It's and I don't think people understand. You say a lake, and I don't think people really understand just how fucking big it is. It is huge, and it could very well hide in the depths of it. So, if Nessie is a thing, if there is an unidentified species of something living there, what is it? Because the narrative has kind of changed a little bit, and the biggest reason for that was because back in 2018, there was a big study done, and it was a DNA study done on the lake and what exactly was in the lake. Now, a lot of people for a long time have chalked Nessie sightings up to a couple of very simple things for the most part. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff, um, you know, but otters is definitely one of them. Seals is one of them. Um, you know, now they when they did the DNA study, they found no evidence of seals. However, they did find a significant amount of DNA for eels. And a lot of other parts of the world, when you look at lake monsters and other parts and where they're at, um, here in Ohio, we, we have one in Lake Erie called, uh, you know, known as Bessie. Um, you know, we have the Bessie monster. It is a, it's more of a serpentine thing. That's cheap. That's what it is, Bessie. You, you guys couldn't have done better than that, Jesus Christ. I didn't fucking make the name. <laughs> Listen, if Aaron can rename the, the Texas Chupacabra, we can maybe rename Bessie um what should we name her do you have any have any ideas off the top of your head something about guided by voices we'll figure it out (laughs) something by guided by (laughs) we'll just name it guided by voices there you Um, go (laughs) anyway um you know but but a lot of lake monsters are described as more of like a serpentine type of thing more of a Mm. dragon looking type of thing and maybe that's what this is and it's just we've mistaken it over and over again you know because we see a lot of humps that again that's most of the video evidence are like these rolling humps in the water and things like that that would make more sense rather than a plesiosaur but then we have sightings like the spicer sighting where this thing was seen on land I mean, what do you think about? Do you think maybe those sightings are just total bullshit? Do you think they saw something? I, like, that stuff does... That really interests me. The weirder it is, the more I like it. Yeah, you know, I think you have to you have to spend a little bit of time... Um, anybody that's interested in this stuff, or even if you're just like a kid, you're looking for something to Google next time you're taking a shit, the, uh, the, the kind of um, evolution of dragons conceptually... over the years is very very interesting and the difference between dragons and worms and in different mythology um you know because the original dragons were kind of seen as not having feet they would have like the claws but they were they were kind of like big snakes with like hands and shit like there's been an evolution throughout mythology and you know in in some regards nessie does match up with like early chinese water dragons you know and not so much anymore when we think of dragons we don't think of that we think of like D and shit like that um or, or dragon heart or whatever but um yeah it's uh there's a lot there there's a lot of creatures in mythology that you know we're seen of as different things at different times and i forget what your original question was <laughs> what do you think about nessie walking on land <laughs> Oh, yeah, because, I mean, that was, I believe that, you know, crossing the road to get a cow or whatever it was, yeah. it had some kind of animal in its fucking mouth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah the one did, yeah, the, the grant sighting had an animal, that's right. Yeah, it, sure, yeah. why not? 
Let's it was eating it. something. Well, there was the, even like a only problem, oh, My only ahead. problem with that is that if if they're if they're existing that much on land, that tends to suggest that they're oxygen based, right? So then it kind exactly. of throws into it throws a monkey wrench into the theory that they could be traveling underwater along the Great Glen Fault, which is the fault line that basically goes through all of Scotland. And that it's, you know, there's a massive fault system in that whole area, right? So that lends itself to underground caves and underground faults and shit that's opened up that they could be swimming through. Now, if they're doing that, chances are they're water-based creatures. So the fact that they're living and chilling and walking around on land kind of makes that a little bit harder to, to reconcile. Sure. But who knows? I mean, look at whales. I'm, I know this is like not even cryptozoology. This is like normal zoology. It blows my fucking mind that like whales are like oxygen breathing, breathing mammals and oh, like yeah. look at look at how deep they chill out you know what i mean yeah oh but yeah they still got to come up for they still come up for air all the time but if this thing was coming up for air all the time wouldn't it be seen more well, maybe, exactly yeah maybe that's, that's where the underground right. cave system comes into play is because th- it's coming up for air underground somewhere else where there's oxygen pockets, pockets. yeah, yeah. 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 And that, and that is, I mean, that's one of the arguments for it not being a plesiosaur is that it would have to, you know, it, it would have to come up more and, you know, take in air. Now, some people have reported seeing Nessie with like horns on its head. And there's a theory that these horns are actually like nostrils, like blowholes. And so it, it'll come up. And when you just see the horns, it's because it's getting air. So it doesn't have to fully come up. But then that would then that would indicate some type of weird intelligent design where like something higher than us wants to keep nessie hidden from us well no that's just evolution character traits develop over centuries because that's what keeps them alive it keeps her i i think that if you're um if i if i was a philanthropist or if i was somebody trying to like actively trying to solve the the nessie thing um i would i would put my time and money i would sink it into uh exploring the geology of that area you know what i mean the cave systems um what's going on underneath the water what connects to what um i think that's that should be the next kind of piece of the mystery that we try to unravel you well, know what i, I mean? agree with that and I'll, i will say if you look at nessie history and recent nessie history since the 1930s there i feel like there's been a lot more money thrown into discovering nessie than there has any other cryptid there's been a lot of studies done, a lot of people going out and trying to hunt this thing, a lot of search parties, a lot of expeditions. I mean, and it's almost constant compared to like Bigfoot. Now, maybe that's just because, I don't know, maybe demographically Bigfoot all around the entire world. I, I guess if you add up those numbers and maybe it's more. Well, um, it's one centralized location. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's Scotland. Right. You know, I guess if you're like, hey, let's go chill out Scotland for a season and, and fucking swim around on the lake and see what we can see. You know, it's 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 kind of a little bit easier. Um, if you were to if you were to even say like let's research Bigfoot in North America, where the fuck would you start? I mean, you'd have to narrow it down Anywhere. to one location. Yeah. You know, this is like it's already you have your location, you have your where already nailed down. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that and that's half the battle right there. You, granted, it's a big ass body of water, you know, but right. um, at least it's a little bit more easy to wrap your head around. That's true. I, I agree with that. I feel like just in general, like if I feel like Nessie is is not as hard of a pill to swallow as a lot of the other cryptids. Sure. Even compared to Bigfoot, you know what I mean. I, I feel like Nessie is a lot more believable, and I, I guess I don't know why. I don't know if it's because so so much effort has been put into finding this thing. That's kind of become normal 
or because of the water element because we could have you know this thing living there and we and you know it could evade us because we can't be there 24 7 to monitor every well, inch yeah and it's benign you know what i mean it's not kidnapping kids in state parks sure. it doesn't challenge <laughs> creative d- design you know what i mean it's not like if you prove nessie's real it means that you know god didn't make the fucking you know there's none of this nephilim bullshit you know what i mean it's it's very easy there's not a whole lot of bunch of stuff attached to it that you get with some of the other cryptids you know what i mean uh it's kind of like it's probably a dinosaur or it's like some long lost species of something you know like people are okay with that you know right it is it is a giant eel i mean like and i've always said this you know I, i of course the romantic in me would love to believe that it is a dinosaur living there i love that but I don't think it probably is. I think it, it probably is some type of giant eel. And it's just a matter of time before we eventually discover it or it goes extinct or whatever. Um, you know, I feel like that that is a more likely narrative just compared to the actual evidence that's out there. Um, you know, I, I don't, but I don't think it's a far stretch. I don't think, I've, I've never questioned it. It's never been in the back of my mind. I might be a little bit biased here being a cryptozoologist and all, but I've never questioned whether or not Nessie was real. I, to me, it always has been. Right. And, um, you know, I just, it just, like you said, it makes sense. There's nothing about it that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, except for maybe the the on-land sightings. And that kind of blows my mind, you know, quite a bit. But, you know, that's just because, I, like I said, I like the extra weird stuff. And that's extra weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I think it's just a, a matter of time before we finally discover this thing. Um you know, it could be it could be going deeper into the water to die when it does, and that's why we've never found it. I mean, you know, I think some people have even said we've like we've like drained the lock to find it, and I that's not you can't hmm, you can't really do that. Um, I mean, you can to a degree, but but you can't. You still can't get into all the nooks and crannies and the fault line, and you know, you can't really get in there. No one's gonna do that. Don't be ridiculous. That's like goofy shit like you know what i mean just chill out there's you know, a lot I mean, of fucking lake we're gonna drain yeah. the whole lake to find this thing well, especially when that big yeah and kill all the right. fish and fuck up right. everything else fuck just so that this thing ecosystem yeah right. and you know and then on top of that if it can leave it really doesn't matter if we could drain it or not to look for it because right you know we can just leave <laughs> it's like oh shit's getting kind of weird here i'm gonna head out for a bit and come back later you know it's not a big deal <laughs> you know obviously it's evaded us this long you guys it's not that dumb um, right you know it might be a dumb animal but it's not that dumb you know but uh i don't know you know i'm excited to see of course i've never been up there um and actually she she thinks her dad saw nessie and not because he's ever claimed that he has but because he he went to scotland and um he had a weird experience and he says that he had a weird experience but doesn't talk about it and the whole point of it is because they are very scottish and um you know in in a lot of their lore seeing nessie is like a big to do it's like a big it's a good thing it's it's like a very big good luck charm but it's like making a wish you can't talk about it so she thinks Mm -hmm. that happened to her dad and you know he's never talked about it in fear of that good feeling or whatever it was those good graces that he received would go away um so that's really interesting you know but of course that's just kind of a family but there's a lot of those instances of like oh that's just kind of a family thing just like the mothman at the airport thing that you know it's probably a lot of um you know in-house gossip that we all don't know about that could be legit but nobody's really talking about outside of the area you know so well i got messages out to o'hare 
airport employees right now. So we'll definitely awesome. have something. I was hoping to have an update by the end of this uh, this week's show, but That's definitely okay. for, for next week we'll have something. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that'll, show. that'll be great. I think that'll be awesome. So all right. That's all I really had to say about Nessie. You got anything else you want to add before we, uh, you know. Hide your wife's I have a dialysis port. <laughs> Watch out. Pat is out here breaking fucking hearts with his dialysis port. Big dick energy that fucking my emaciated body. My fucking malnourished body and my dialysis port. People are still locking up their fucking wives. Well, when you're when you're emaciated and malnourished, I mean, it just makes your big dick that much more visible, I guess. Dude, so. it, ha- it has. I've been like a kid in a candy store this past week. <laughs> I'll be real fucking honest. It's like getting a brand new skateboard. <laughs> well, that is really sound advice. Everybody keep your wives away from Pato. He is on the prowl, <laughs> I guess. Um, and he is irresistible with his uh, medical. Absolutely not. I'm not on the prowl, but the, you can't control. You know what <laughs> I mean? As a, <laughs> I mean, you've been you've been in the presence of it. It's fucking intoxicating. Tell tell, tell your wife to hide you from everybody else because I know you're throw a blanket over his yeah. head, right? So people's <laughs> marriages and sanctities. Um. <laughs> God, I won't say any more about it, but <laughs> just know Pat's a danger right now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's the word on the street. <laughs> this is the word on the street <laughs> all right well you know with the with that being said guys we, we've got a lot of really exciting stuff coming up uh, i know you guys saw that you know i'm i'm we are booking guests on the show um if you guys have anybody in particular that you would like for me to reach out to to ask to come on the show i will um you know i got some people lined up that will be super exciting but we're still gonna have a lot of this um you know you guys know i i like this i like you know that it's us i like that we're selective about guests i think that's important um and i think that makes you guys all the more excited when we do have a guest on so um but with that being said guys we'll see you guys here next wednesday